Hey, I know it's late, but can you talk? Two in the Morning is an original podcast where we unabashedly explore the questions that are keeping all of us up at night. Me, Mia Brabham, and my best friend, Michael Galfetti, are two 20-somethings who've been coming together for eight years with hilarious, sometimes deep, and always honest, infinitely dimensional questions about life. Now, we're doing it with all of you. Each week, we'll both prepare a question, something we've been thinking about all week, all month, maybe even all year, and we'll talk through it. We've learned that it's not always about the answers, but sometimes just about the comfort of conversation. News? Not exactly. Therapy? Maybe. Entertainment? On accident. It's two in the morning, and it's time to talk. Good morning, Good sleepy morning. Let's Are do a y'all? musical. Okay. Yeah. I think that we should take vocal lessons and sing a whole episode. How does everybody feel about that? Let us know. I couldn't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> oh, it's a dream of mine. Michael, how are you today? Good. You know what I've been thinking about and getting really into? Astrology. And I recently discovered that I have a Libra rising sign. <gasps> My kin. I know. Can you oh believe it? Oh my gosh. I, it makes a lot of sense to me. Because we're the scales. I feel like you're very balanced. I feel like you like justice. You have charm. You're outgoing. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me. But your feistiness is definitely your your Taurus core. Yes. It makes I, sense. Yeah. I, when I first read it, I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. Like an air sign, it seems flighty. But Libra is not. She's not. Like she kind of is more determined and feels like an earth sign mm-hmm. in some ways. Um yeah, because it's it's justice. It's the scales. Also, I didn't know about the charming thing until I started reading it. <laughs> oh, we're very, very charming. I mean, we don't. We kind of. I feel like we're one of the best signs, but Ooh, I feel like we get a bad rap. But really, it's the. It, I think it's just the fact that we are charming, and people never know if we're fa- being fake or not. But it's mm-hmm. just who we are. We can't help it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. If if anyone out there finds me charming, hopefully it's because I'm like pretty authentic. <laughs> yeah. People confuse it. They don't get also, it. Also, does anyone out there find me charming? I'm aggressively <laughs> flirting with everyone. You'd make a great bachelor. Oh, I was oh, oh, I also started watching The Bachelor. I'm turning into a real basic girl these Have days. Have you? What do you mm-hmm. think? Um I uh I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Does anyone watching it actually like it? Let's take a poll. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do not like it. It's so manufactured. I feel like I can just see the producer's hands in everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, they told her to say that. Or like, they <laughs> edited this together. Or like, they're keeping her on. I feel like I can already see that. But also, I'm, like, everyone, it's so similar. I want more, like, heterogeneous. Like, I wish there were more, like, curveballs. And maybe we're going to get there as the season keeps going and we learn more about, like, the women. Um, But, like, everyone was just down for the prayer. Everyone, like, just seems very, like, on the same page. Like, I want kids. I want a family. Like, wouldn't it be more interesting if one of them was like, I actually don't want that. But like, 
you know, let's talk about it. (laughs) No, Michael, because they have to get married (laughs) or engaged in like six weeks. Okay, how many of these relationships have worked out? (laughs) Okay, everyone out there, like, we believe in marriage, the sanctity of it, get a divorce. (laughs) Oh, I just... Uh, that's so funny that you feel that way because I actually feel the opposite. I'm like, I'm ready for less curveballs and less shenanigans. And I always was like, when are we going to get a real season? Kind of like, I didn't mm-hmm. watch the really early seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, but I'm just, I was like, I want a season where everybody is actually a group of good men or women and they're not there for the games, they're not there yeah. for the shitstorm. Yeah. And then it's actually hard because we see them fall in love with multiple people who are great people. And it's like, how is he or she going to choose? And I feel like the closest we got to that was Taisha. But let me not get on my (laughs) pedestal and talk about that because they fucked us that season. Taisha should have had the whole season. Claire should have never started the season. They should have just not given her airtime and said, okay, she found her man. Like, it's Taisha's season now. Sorry. The yeah. way they disrespected Tasha, I'm so mad. And it was the most normal season I think we've had because she was really straightforward. And she was like, there for the right reasons. Aww. Bachelor ASMR. But yeah. Also, okay, something that I don't like jive with, like, I don't want to see people making out. It. I think it's gross. <laughs> <gasps> Michael, did you what? know this about me? Like, okay, I have a really – Every time there's a movie kiss, like I need to start a blog, honestly, called The Movie Kiss. I analyze movie kisses. Yes. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's good. I'm like, no, that's bad. I <laughs> I what's, can't explain it. What's this bachelor's name? James? <laughs> Matt James. Yeah. I I can tell he's not a good kisser. He's too aggressive. And I can see the girls for one. trying to get him to slow down. And I feel for them. I'm like, dang. He just, it, I can tell. It's too aggressive. I don't like it. I don't like analyzing it. I don't like watching it. I'm just like, get it off the screen quick. <laughs> this is triggering me. I just thought about the worst kiss of my life when I literally felt like I was drowning. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the worst kiss of your life? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I've definitely just had like sloppy kisses that weren't good nor memorable. Um, but I really... I feel like I'm trying to train these train these people out here that I'm <laughs> kissing. I'm like, you know, should we, should we give a little lesson? Like, we don't have time for that. So we <laughs> you know how we just talked about non negotiables. If you can't kiss, it's a non negotiable. I don't have time to train you. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah let's do a lesson, Michael. Okay. You have to start slow. You have to work into like a full on makeout sesh. Okay. And it also needs to be give and take. And you need to decide who's like playing what roles and they can change. Mm -hmm. They can change. But like, you can't both be putting your lips out there. Like you need to keep the tongues in order. Like there is an order and a harmony and a rhythm to kissing. And you have to find that with your partner. Okay. Yeah. How do we feel about tongue? I feel like there's nothing good about tongue. I've had some good tongue action. <laughs> I feel like everyone, like when it's very passionate. Yeah. But if you're just like, if it's just a quick little kiss on the street, I don't know there. about tongue on the street. It's tongue in the sheets, yes. On the street, no. <laughs> I'm weak. Exactly. I never know where these are going to go. And <laughs> you just summed it up. Like a quick little swirl, fine. A whole yeah. smoothie, no. Oh my god, gross. <laughs> oh my god, I'm triggered again. 
Um, it's i just like everything neat and tidy and in order because i'm a virgo moon and does it make sense powerful the power i mean i really love beyonce that's why the editors uh, jamila and bia i'm like edit this edit this (laughs) cut this they're like yeah i'm like it has to be perfect i'm a virgo moon (laughs) last thing speaking of virgos and beyonce Um, yes. It's a Virgo, in case anyone didn't know. She is? Yeah. She wrote a song um, called Signs. I recently put it on my Instagram story, and she literally says, I was hurt by a Pisces. And we love a relatable queen. Like, that's why we love Queen Me. <laughs> this song, everyone go listen to it. It's called Signs by Beyonce. I think it's featuring Missy Elliott. Like, <laughs> it's Wait, so corny. It's am I so okay? Funny. I love what? Pisces. Wow. We we don't have time to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my Pisces. I see you. I can't think of this Missy Elliott's, uh, this Beyonce song, but I know it. I think if it's I heard it. It's super corny. It's on I'm... like, it's a deep cut. <laughs> oh, it's all about signs. Yes. It's literally like, I fell in love. She with was in love with the Sag. Yes. Um, was it Jay-Z? Is he a Sag? I think it has to be. Right? All her songs are about him. I'm like, girl. All right, everyone. Um, I'm so glad that we have each other to talk about the ins and outs of good and bad kissers. <laughs> what else do you discuss at 2am other than the hot goss? <laughs> it is scary out there, but it's way less scary together. And this is Two in the morning, and it's time to talk. It's time to talk. Who's going first this week? Who is going first? Is it my... It's your turn. Ooh, okay. This is a big one. It's going to get messy. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about it, and this is like... It's similar to things that we've touched on in the past, but I wanted to know, like, can you fix a relationship? Like, if things aren't working, like can you fix it? And what are the downfalls, pitfalls of that thinking? Um, Let's talk about it. (laughs) This is so good. Um, I think about this and I have gone through this. Um, The answer is yes. I think you can fix anything as hard, as much as you try. Like, you just have to put in the work. A relationship is like fine China. Like, you might be able to piece it together like the first few times it falls apart. But like, if it's breaking into bit-sized pieces, Mm. eventually you're not going to be able to clean it up. Like, it's going to crumble. But you have to take care of it, right? And it won't. Sometimes it might. That's fine. You can put it together. But eventually, like, you're just careless. Like, it's gonna it's gonna shatter it's gonna crumble this is a quote in my book i'm like a bend doesn't signify a break because dan Mm. and i have been through this we did two years of long distance and there were so many times we were close and then i just thought about the alternative and i was just like but dan is worth 
all of it. Like he's worth it because I've had the thought, does this mean that it's not meant to be? Like, does this mean it's unfixable? We may need to like not have this relationship. I'm like, how can you bounce back from that when you're like, yeah, this is not when you get to the point where you're like, yeah, this might not be it. It's like, gosh, I'm going to cry thinking about it. It's like, how do you fix that? And it feels like it's unfixable. It really does, but it takes work. Um, It takes time. And I've talked to a lot of my girlfriends about this and, you know, it's always like, you know, we just talked about settling too. And how do I know if I'm settling? Like, I love this person and they're the perfect partner, but like, am I settling? And it's like, where are these ideas coming from? It's mm-hmm. just, you know, a lie we tell ourselves. And, you know, not all the time. Sometimes there is truth and there may be, you know, more of what you want out there. But I think a lot of the times it's like, I always ask them, are you working on the relationship? Are you just saying that because you're tired? Are you focusing on your relationship? Are you both putting the work in? Are yeah. you grateful for what you have right in front of you before you're like, oh, this might be better? And it's like, the might be better. Is that a real thing or is it imaginary? Like, are you imagining, you know? So I think it's one, you can definitely fix a relationship. Um, and two, I think you just have to really like both be putting in the work. Yes, definitely. That is the most important. Okay, there. you said so much good stuff. I have a, just a few quick comments. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, one, <laughs> both parties. Yes, it takes two. Like you cannot, you need someone to hold that piece of China while someone else glues. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love this analogy. Um, I'm going to like keep it in my mind forever. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's away. It is like fine China. Yes. Display it, put it out, be proud of it, but also take care of it. Wash her gently, treat mm-hmm. her delicately. Do not oh, put her okay. in the dishwasher. No. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Well, one run in the dishwasher might survive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Don't risk it. Don't risk it though. Okay. But then on a, like my, in the realness from my experience is that I definitely was on that train. I was like, you can fix it. You can work through it. And sometimes I, um, <laughs> Sometimes I think I, you know, maybe should have left my previous relationship earlier. Like I, you know, Mm. and it's always easier to say that in hindsight. And I try to like really honor and value what I felt in that moment and the work that I put in. But Mm. um, it's so hard to see like what you see when you're like, you know, a couple years out (laughs) on how maybe it was just never going to work because he was a Pisces. And (laughs) Um, no, but like, I don't know if every relationship can be fixed. I want to optimistically believe that it can because we have the power to like control our own destinies and like, we can put in the work and the energy, but like, I don't know. Sometimes people, <laughs> can y'all tell I'm uncomfy talking about this? I'm about to make you more uncomfortable. So, you know, we're talking about making it work and like, you're like, some things just can't be fixed. So what makes something unfixable? So, you know, if you are open to talking about it in your relationship, when was the point when you were like, this can't be fixed? I just got tired. I got mm. tired of feeling like unloved and like I had to earn it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm tired of this shit. Like this is some real bull. I'm out of here. Um, 
but like it was so weird because I made that choice like independently pretty much um and just like moved out. <laughs> yeah. Um it, but it wasn't because we didn't love each other anymore. That's mm-hmm. that's the kicker. Is like you can fully still be in love with someone and it is time to end the relationship and mm-hmm. that's what really is so hard. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Who have you? Um, so, like, if you still have that scrap of love, it kind of really encourages you to like fix it mm-hmm. and to look at like it doesn't matter how small the pieces are. You're like, but love, love is the glue; it will bind us together. But like, sometimes it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, it's like when they are in those little, you know, dust size pieces. It's like, mm-hmm. is that really worth your time to glue all that back together? And, and that it may definitely be your happens over time. Mm-hmm. I love this. This analogy just works so well because like. Yeah, it gets harder and harder to piece back together because like every relationship has bends, right? Or Mm -hmm. even like breaks, you know, sometimes you need a break and you go on a break and you get back together and it's like better than ever. But like uh, that relationship had broken a few times. um, And like I literally just decided like, no, I can't put this back together again. Yeah. (sighs) But I could have done the work. I could have stayed. I could have fought, but Mm -hmm. I decided not to. Yeah. Yeah. And it ultimately it was the best thing for you. I mean, you're in the best place possible right now. Thriving now. Yeah. Thriving. So I'm like, you know, you can fix a relationship, but also I don't, but I don't know what that thing is that like one thing that's like, if you're out there and you're listening and you're in a relationship, like this is the sign. <laughs> yeah. What is it? I you don't mean, know. yeah, I feel like I've just felt like bad, bad energy didn't feel like loved yeah because do you think the situation would have been different if you felt that love and that affection and passion in return do you think after like the three times it had broken you would have been able to put it back together if the other person was trying to yeah maybe it's just when the other person isn't trying yeah or i mean that's trying that might be it yeah that that is entirely huge the other person the like my partner at the time just like completely cut off and disconnected themselves so Mm. yeah that that's a good sign for sure know who whose relationship inspires me which is weird because we we should just like politicians we should never idolize relationships because you literally aren't with that other person every day like the you know person relationship is but I love the honesty of Michelle and Barack's relationship. Um, I don't know if you, I need to send you the podcast episode where they talk about it. She talks about uh, marriage with Conan O'Brien. And okay. she's like, on my wedding day, me and Barack, literally, none, we didn't cry. We didn't shed a tear because we knew. We were like, this is a commitment. This is a lifetime of work. Like, it's beautiful, but we were so sure. And it's like, it's happy, but there's nothing to cry about. It's just all just like excitement, you know, not to say that you like can't cry. I always tell Dan, like if I'm walking in the aisle and you don't cry, I know you're not the one for me. I'm kidding. But uh, it just like, it's just, just so beautiful. I think to know that like love is both parties trying. It's both people. Yeah. You both have to be willing to put the pieces back together. And that's mm-hmm. what you commit to when you commit to a lifetime together. Um, and it's not easy. It's not easy, but um, sometimes it's not worth it when both people aren't, you know, in it together. I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Like, that's definitely the for sure sign. If your partner is not in it with you, 
can't put it back together. Yeah. Whew. I've thought about this. I mean, I think everybody has. And it's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But being in a relationship is hard. That's why I'm not not looking for that right now because it's so much work. You talked about it last episode, but there's nothing like waking up next to the person who like you just love that never gets old. There's also nothing like waking up by yourself and doing exactly what you want to do that day and not having to negotiate or talk about it. That is also true. (laughs) Both things can be true. (laughs) I was about to say, let me stand up for all my single ladies out there. (laughs) Well, saying saying that feeling is a good thing is not a rip on not having it currently or not having had had it yet. It's just like, both things can be true. I also, like, despite whatever hardship, um, I love love i love you and dan i love hearing about it i love romance i i like love when other people around me are in love it's a beautiful beautiful mystifying experience yeah but it's okay because this is it is a great thing but sometimes i'm like i want to go to a hotel and like literally wear a robe and wake up and be alone (laughs) (laughs) that pandemic that quarantine be hitting (laughs) so whether you um, are alone or not alone, the key is that you're never really alone. You're surrounded yes. by all types of love and you can always find a way to either fix what you have or you know put the plate down and move on and then you'll find someone who's willing to take care of that china with you. So, And you've got us. We'll yes. help you repair your little broken hearts, babies. Yes. <laughs> all right, we're getting weird. It's time for a break. This review is titled Very Good Questions by Gal Feezy. Awesome first season. Just two people asking the real true question they have for each other. Very enjoyable and always gives me something to think on for the rest of the week. Worth your time for sure. Can't disagree with that. <laughs> Thank you, Gal Feezy. Everybody, we are back with season two better than ever. But you know one thing that hasn't changed? We're still using Anchor. She is so fun. She's free. She's easy to use. You can record, edit, collaborate, and distribute all of your podcasts through her. So, you know, when you got a good thing going, (laughs) you don't give it up. If you're thinking about making a podcast, I know some of you are. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, Michael. So... I apparently like to do this one season, but I am going to switch it up. I am not going to ask the question that I thought I was going to ask this time because I think this just rolls perfectly from yours into this discussion. So my question is, are apologies necessary? Oh my gosh, yes. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm huge on apologies. Really? I actually did not know that. It's just so important. It's so necessary because no one is perfect. But the one thing that every human can do is recognize when they were wrong and apologize. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. I completely agree. Their apologies are, I'm just, I'm, I honestly thought maybe we would have a different discussion, but I'm glad we're kind of on the same page for this because to me, apologies are very important. And my parents instilled that 
in me at a very, very young age. Like I remember, this is so funny, but shut up was a really bad word in my household. Super disrespectful. And it was a word we didn't use and we weren't allowed to use. And I remember my third grade teacher told the class to shut up and I came home and told my mom and she literally went to the school and made my teacher like have a meeting with me and apologize to me. Wow. Because that's something we don't say to each other because it's very disrespectful. So (laughs) it's like that just didn't like I when I'm wrong, I like to say sorry. And to me, it's important to to not wait until someone has to approach you and tell you like, oh, that really hurt my feelings or oh, like that was messed up. You can think about something and realize that it was wrong. Yeah, you should (laughs) you should realize if you realize you did something wrong, you should no one should have to tell you to do it. I think we should all practice it. It's like a muscle. Yeah. yeah. Say sorry. Mm-hmm. It No, it's definitely something you get better at. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't intentionally gone out and been like, I don't know how to apologize. I need to practice. <laughs> I've gotten so much better at just like listening to someone. Like that's really what to me kind of like an apology is. Like yeah. you need to listen and like be educated by someone else and they will tell you like, how you made them feel or like whatever the circumstance is. And then you receive that and you say, sorry. And like, if you're genuine about it, it you build bridges, you move on, mm. you're, you're like better for it, stronger for it. Like, yeah. ugh, I yeah. stand apologies. <laughs> we stand. And I think too, like we live in this culture right now where it's very much like, I'm not going to say sorry. Stop apologizing. Don't say sorry anymore. And especially I feel like that's run rampant and like just like women talking to one another. It's like, we're always like, we got to stop saying sorry. We got to stop saying sorry. And I Mm -hmm. think that's true to a degree, depending on the situation, because we, we do kind of default to sorries and apologies when we don't need to be for like taking up space. But I also think that that worries me because there is something to say about like knowing how to apologize and when to apologize. And when you hurt someone you care about, or Mm -hmm. when you, when your actions directly affect someone else, you need to learn how to say sorry. That, that is important. I think. I, this reminded me of like something kind of tangential, but like the kind of petty, powerful apology, (laughs) Which is like when Ugh. someone is disrespecting you and you're just like, oh, I'm I'm sorry if like I'm at the wrong place. Like, please direct me to the person who can appropriately answer this if it's not you. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, when someone gives you a ton of attitude, you can just be like, oh, I'm sorry. I must be talking to the wrong person. Like, you can put me on with someone else who can help me answer my question if it's not you. <laughs> Oh, wow. The power. (laughs) Yes. Like apologies. It's just, it's usually always the right move is to just say like, oh, you know, I must be confused. Um, I must have your job description confused or like I must not be looped in. (laughs) (laughs) The petty apology. I think that definitely works in situations when you're dealing with ego. For sure. But mm-hmm. then you have to think about it. And there's also my least favorite thing in the world. I've gone on many a Twitter rant about this. The backhanded apology. We've got to stop. If if someone comes to you and tells you, you know, I didn't like that you did that. This hurt my feelings. You don't go, oh, I'm sorry you felt that way. Yes. I knew that's what you were going to say, but I was waiting that. for it. That's so isolating. And it's rude because like you're not taking – that's not a real apology. You're not taking – any ownership and genuinely doesn't matter what your intentions were. 
clearly, like if it's someone you care about, you did something wrong. So just say you're sorry. Honestly, sometimes to me, it's like, say you're sorry, even if you don't mean it. Like, because clearly you did something wrong to them. So it's like, be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was doing that. But you know, Mm -hmm. that's okay to do. Like, oh, I didn't realize, but not be like, oh, I I, I didn't know you felt that way. Like, sorry, you felt that way. Like, that's just so messed up. I totally agree with you. It's so gaslighty. Like, sorry, you perceived like me yeah. as this way and invalidates the way the person feel feels and like received it. And it that is not an apology. That's not how you build a bridge. That's not how you get stronger in your friendships. Like, not that's not it. <laughs> not at all. And I think explanations are okay. Like, I don't think excuses are, but it's okay to be like, I'm sorry. Here's where I was coming from. I did not know it affected you that way. And like, I I really mean it. I had no idea. I'm so I sorry. honestly think people should like, yes, and lean into mm. just saying like, there are no excuses for this. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. There honestly is no excuse. And yeah. like, if you're interested in hearing a rationale or my thinking, I can definitely fill you in on that. But like, this is inexcusable. And I yeah. apologize. Yeah. I I like that. I like that you – I'm big on – clearly, I think we're both big on asking questions. And I like that you said yes and there's no excuse, but I'm leaving the door open if you want to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, why. Because I think it is like also, sorry, there's no excuse is also not enough because then that's completely shutting down Yeah. to me. And it's like, you know, usually when someone's like, what, you know, this is what I thought you were doing and this is what I felt you were doing. It's like they kind of – want some explanation like do when you are offended by something do you feel like you want an explanation or no because maybe some people don't need that Mm, it definitely depends who i (laughs) this is part of me being like such an independent person i'm like not gonna wait for someone to explain why they were wrong like I feel like I would genuinely have to be inquisitive about like their thinking process and want to understand it um, which probably means that I'm not that angry. <laughs> mm. Um, and so that's interesting. But like if I'm truly pissed and like you've done something that I just find like very inexcusable, um, I don't need to hear it. Mm-mm. No. I you can just apologize. And like <laughs> I would love to hear that like you're gonna that's do true. some readings, you're gonna move some money. Honestly, if you wanna apologize, move some funds. Like <laughs> buy me an ice cream buy me an ice cream or like do something really over the top so many people i think both of us feel this like they're just so laissez-faire like Mm. i used to hate um when in my previous relationship like my partner would say oh well i apologized and i'm like that doesn't mean i'm (gasps) over it that does not mean I'm over it. That doesn't mean you're free. That doesn't mean anything. You better work hard. The like, way you just did that, I feel like that hurt me. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. These fake apologies are so gaslighty. I already apologized. This is the worst. Yeah. That should never come out of someone's mouth. Oh, my oh god. My god. I'm sure it's come out of my mouth to my mom or something. You know? Like, I already said sorry. Why do you keep bringing it up? But there's something to be said about, like, being held accountable. Yeah, and our parents are too quick for it. My mom would never. <laughs> ever. I think it's funny because there was a time that your your mom made the teacher apologize, but like there were so many times my mom made me apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've same. just been apologizing my entire life. Yeah. 
it's like I I think that's an important thing for parents to do, and I, my parents have done it to me as well. Where you have to be like teaching your kids how to, how to say sorry. So it's just and letting them know that they can be wrong. Like yeah. I don't think you truly know that as a kid because you're like mm-hmm. you're in a process of like learning, and you don't really think like. I can be wrong and like I can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or you think your parents are overreacting when it's like, no. Yeah. Sometimes they're setting you up for the real world. Ugh. So I think the reason why, you know, some people don't know how to apologize or don't want to apologize is because we need to kind of deconstruct this idea of it's okay to be wrong. Like it, that's fine. Yes. Like everyone, we all, everybody likes to be right, I think, but like, we have to get used to the fact that we're not always going to be right. And that doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't make you not smart. It doesn't make you not caring. It's like we all mess up. And it, I think it's important when someone approaches you to just really own up to it. Um, and we should just, just completely, I think, just take down the shame surrounding being yes. wrong. Yes. Um, and something you say to someone at least. Language is powerful. It's mm-hmm. so powerful. Um, and I just think we need to recognize that. Um, the words sorry. And I, I want to say too that apologies, like I think you have to say the words I'm sorry. Cause sometimes people, what I found, like what you said about your last partner saying, like I've already apologized. Most of the time when people say that, they didn't actually ever apologize the first time. <laughs> they didn't say the words I'm sorry. You, you, mm. The words I'm sorry have to come out your mouth for it to be an apology. I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm old school in that way. I'm sorry that I'm old school in that way. Hot you have to say, I'm sorry. I love an apology that like is a little bit of a follow-up. I need time. Like I need yeah. you. I need to have the initial convo where like I'm still running hot and you like diffuse the situation, but like you're not forgiven. <laughs> mm. um, and then I need you to come back and check in and say like how – are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, is there anything else you need from me? That is top tier, top tier apology. Yes. We need to normalize the follow-up. I think that's really important. Um, And my best friend Meredith and I always say this to each other. Like if we ever make each other upset or we're feeling emotional about something a week later, we're always like, okay, how are you feeling about that? Like, Mm -hmm. I know I hurt you. I want to open it up. Or if we ever have a conversation, she's like, I don't want to close the door here. Like, let's talk about it in a week. So if you think yeah. of anything else you want to say, mm-hmm. we can talk about it. Like an apology can be a conversation. And I think it should be a conversation if the person who, you know, felt like they were hurt or betrayed is open to that. I think that extra aspect is important. Yeah. It's definitely over time because the feelings linger. They don't just dissipate. Yeah, I think about things people have said that made me mad 15 years. Like, <laughs> I'll be like 15 years later, that really hurt me. <laughs> I'm slow to process. I'm saying it with my eyes, but I'm also saying it um, into my microphone. <laughs> Some people might want to um, follow up and check in after listening to this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you trying to tell something to someone? Hmm? no me never <laughs> oh my gosh i just think apologizing to button this off like apologizing or cap this off apologizing is really an act of love and it's a sign of maturity i think the people who don't know how to apologize you i've seen grown adults who don't know how to apologize it's happened to me and i lose respect for you to me apologies mm-hmm. and respecting too and if you don't know how to apologize I don't feel the same way. Oh, that was such a good encapsulation. Yeah. Yeah. It's crucial. So 
And it doesn't make you a bad person to apologize to say you're wrong. The end. Uh, test it out, everyone. <laughs> Before you go to bed, just like, you know, close your eyes and say, I'm sorry, three times. And like each time you have to mean it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you to the land of happiness and peace. Uh, yes. It takes you to the land of like no animosity, no bad feelings. Yes. Good yes, vibes yes. only, 2021. All right, y'all. Go get some rest um, and come back next week. Yes. Text us. Well, uh, if you have our numbers, <laughs> DM us if you don't. And let us know, are apologies necessary? What's the best apology you've ever received? Also, while you're practicing apologies... <laughs> Remember that sometimes you can fix and also cannot fix a relationship. Yes. Or have you fixed one? Let us know. Or have you not? Tell us a story. Mm. Tell us a story. I really want everyone to tell me their stories. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for staying up with us. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to join the Two in the Morning Club. Rate it five stars. Or if you're feeling really nice, leave us a review and share this episode with just one person you know. This podcast is made possible because of you and your support. If you haven't already, join our sleepover on patreon.com slash two in the morning podcast for just $5 a month. You'll get exclusive early and free access to all of our live events and discussions, journal prompts, behind the scenes activity, and welcome merch mailed straight to you. You can catch me in between episodes on Twitter and Instagram at Spaghetti Galfetti with one T. And you can keep up with me on Twitter at Hot Mess Mia and Instagram at Yours Truly Mia. Thanks for hanging out with us. Now get some beauty sleep and we'll see you next Sunday. Two in the Morning is a podcast produced by Jamila White and Bia Kasanga. Music by Brian Kim. Cover art by Madeline Younger. Subscribe for new episodes every Sunday. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.